Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. ...and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. Another translation, the, uh, the Living Bible says this, if your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there as well. Amen. We've got to get that. Jesus teaches us that our hearts will always follow our treasure. We think that our treasure will follow our hearts. No, Jesus says our hearts will follow wherever our treasure is. So if you've got your treasure in your own stuff, in your own life, in your own priorities that are outside of any priorities towards the kingdom of God, then that's where your heart will be. But if you invest some of your treasure and you put your treasures in heaven and you invest them towards heaven, guess where your heart is directed as well? Towards heaven. Because where your heart is, there your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. Amen. So we started with the good news. We've looked at a, a couple of times. We looked at the good news is that we're all rich. Amen. We are so filthy rich, it's just incredible. In fact, if we earn over $30,000, we're in the top 1% of money earners right across the globe today. If I earn 30,000 Ks or more, I'm in the top 1%. If I earn over $80,000 or more, and there'd be many people in this building that would do that, you're in the top one-tenth of the 1% of money earners in the world. We are so filthy rich, it's just incredible. In fact, our worlds and our lives and our homes and our weeks are full of rich people opportunities amen rich people opportunities we talked about last sunday the marathon prize was winning a mattress that was the prize for running in that marathon you ended up winning a mattress and you know we in this our big big decision and big drama is do we get a pillow top or a non-pillow top you know it's such a, a stark difference between where we are and where most of the planet lives today. But we also saw that the good news is that we're rich, but also the bad news is, is that we are rich as well. That's the bad news. So we want to look at that. Why is it bad news? Because potentially our bad, our riches, because we're so rich, it makes it harder for us to depend on God and we want to depend more on our own resources and our own abilities. So that's one of the reasons why being rich also can be bad. Our riches can also distract us from our true priorities. Like I said before, we have lots of rich people opportunities all the time. And lastly, we saw that the more that we have, the more riches that we've been given, the more is expected from us. To whom much is given, much is expected. Wow. Ouch. So we looked at these, uh, these few thoughts there, and then we looked at a, uh, a, 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 a teaching that Jesus spoke about, the parable of the seed, and we looked at the issue of the deceitfulness of riches, noting what Jesus said about riches in the parable of the sower. In Matthew chapter 13, he says, said this to them and to us. Now he or she who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he or she becomes unfruitful. And what we discovered there in that time is the truth is that money competes for the priority of our hearts. Money competes to be number one in our hearts and number one in our worlds. And if we're not careful, the deceitfulness of riches will enter into our heart and it will choke the word of God out of us. And I believe ultimately take us away from God. Amen. Because Jesus and he alone is meant to be first in our heart. If he's not Lord of our money, then you really got to say, is he Lord at all? 
all. Amen? If he's not Lord of our money, then really is he Lord of all? In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he goes on to say, You cannot, you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. God's either got to be first priority and our riches are directed towards him or the reality is we'll be serving money. Amen? So there's some of the things that we looked at there. And uh, as I said, Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. Jesus said this because he knows that money is the number one contender for our hearts. Money is a false God because it promises us what only God can truly give. Money promises us that if we have more of it, we will be happy. Amen. You know what I'd be happy with? I'd be happy if I had hair like Tom. I tell you, I look at that there this morning and I've got hair envy going on. Hallelujah. Money promises us that if we have more of it, we'll be happy. But I don't know how many people I know that have got lots of money and they're not happy. God's the only one that can provide true happiness for us, not money. You can love money all that you want. Money will never love you back. Money's a lousy lover, but it's a great tool. Amen? So money is a false God. It promises us that if we have more of it, we'll be happy. The other thing that it promises us as well is if we've got more money, the more money that we have, the more that we gather, the more that we um, um, save and invest and all those things are good. I'm not knocking those. I'm just looking at the priority of all that. What's the reason behind it? But money uh, uh, says to us that if we have more money, we will be secure. The more that you have of me, the more secure your life will be. The more money you've got in the bank, the more secure your future is going to be. But we looked a couple of weeks ago how many people have experienced a, a, a circumstance in their life and in their world where everything just ch changed. It went from, from, from looking like this to looking like that. Their whole world turned upside down. So you might have all the money in the world, but money won't provide you security. Only relationship in Jesus Christ provides security. Amen. So money's a false God. It promises stuff that only God can truly give to us. Last week, as we said this morning, and we looked at a couple of times, we, we looked at uh, um, some folk that are being rich towards God. But we saw last week that we're commanded in the Bible, Wayne and Phil, amen, hallelujah, the old boys back there, we are commanded to be rich towards God in good works. We saw that from 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, talking to those that are rich, those of us in this present age, it says them, let them do good that they might be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Amen. So we asked the question last week, and I won't prolong it, but how are you going in your good deeds, in your being rich towards others, being rich in good works? Are you filthy mega rich in that category, in that arena? Are you sort of, you know, middle class rich in that arena or are you poor in good works? Because the Bible, uh, God speaking through Paul, speaking to his young uh, apprentice, Timothy, was commanding those who are rich in this present age, which is us, that we are meant to be rich in good works. Amen. Rich in good deeds. That's the challenge that we looked at last Sunday morning. And I hope that during the course of the week, we started to reflect on that thought there. God calls us to be uh, rich in good deeds, good, doing good things for others. The truth about our riches, though, is the greater riches that we have, the harder it is for us to be 
others-centered and we end up drifting towards self-centeredness. Amen. Because money's deceitful. Our riches are deceitful. The culture that we live in is deceptive and deceitful. It teaches us that money and all that we have is all about us and our future. I'll go on that holiday. I'll buy that bigger boat. I'll get that new model car to keep up with the Joneses and such. Nothing wrong with all of those things, but we have to be so careful that our riches don't deceive us into believing that our riches are just for us. And just like Jesus taught, they choke the life of God from us. Paul said the best way to use our riches is to be generous and willing to share. And here's the main point that we looked at last week. God calls us and wants us to be rich in good works. Amen. Rich in good works. Hallelujah. So how are you going with that today? How are we all going with that today? Me included. That's a great thought, isn't it? How are we going about being rich in good works? This morning, I want to finish with a par- couple of parables. Like I said before, we haven't had much time to pre- prepare it and flesh it out, but I'm trusting that the Word of God obviously will speak to our hearts as we share it. We're going to look at a couple of parables, further, further teachings of Jesus around the use of, use of our riches. And the first one, I believe, is a picture of how believers potentially are living today. All right, you, did you get that? The first parable that we're looking at is, is potentially a picture of how believers are living today. You get that? That's the, the pretext before we get to the text. That's a picture of how many, many people are living now and using their finances. The parable of the rich fool. If you open up in your Bibles, you will see the heading there, the parable of the rich fool. To call someone a fool in Scripture is not something that that is celebrated. In fact, Jesus said, if you call your brother a fool or your sister a fool, you could potentially go to hell for that. Wow. But here the heading is the parable of the rich fool. And we pick it up in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says this, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? He said to them, listen to this. He said to them, listen to this about our money and about our riches. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he or she possesses. Jesus says there, take heed, beware, be on guard, be awake, have your eyes open, your heart open. Understand potentially what covetousness can do to your life. Covetousness. What is it? The gathering and the wanting of more. Thinking my possessions are mine, not that my riches are all about me, wanting more than we need, coveting. Other, other people's things, looking at people's new cars and thinking, why haven't I got a new car? Well, wash your old car, maybe. We, we covet things. We, we want more than we need. Jesus said, take, uh, take uh, uh, what did he say? Beware, take heed. You're not helping me, bro. <laughs> Be, thank you. Beware, take heed. Jesus said, be careful. Don't allow the love of money to enter into your heart. Don't start to think that your riches are all about you. Then he goes on in this parable after he brings a warning, a stern warning to everyone. And he says, says this, that he spoke a parable to them 
saying the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Anything wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that at all. That's awesome. I pray that we all have uh, grounds that yield plentifully. I pray that our houses continue to go through the roof in their, in their wealth and in, their, in, in the equity in your home. I pray your investments just go over the top. I pray that your, your boss gives you massive pay rises. I, mean, I pray that we just get so blessed that all of, our, all of our opportunities to flourish just go through the roof. Amen. Pray that in Jesus' name. But the man, woman, thought with him himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? The guy had so much. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater barns. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Wow. Sounds like the ideal retirement, doesn't it? kick back put your feet up kick back enjoy it all you've, you've, you've got it all made it's, it's, it's just a few thoughts that I saw about this, this person this, this, this individual first thing that I saw is this his riches were solely about himself his riches were solely about himself. How did I work that out? He thought within himself saying, what shall I do? I have no room. I will do this. I will pull down my barns. I will store all my crops. I will say to my soul. This guy was the epitome and is the epitome of a self-centered life. But the truth is he is a fool. All of his riches were about him. Has God got a problem with us being rich? No. We saw it last week in 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you haven't read it there, it says, Who God, who richly gives us all things to enjoy. Amen. God's got no problem with us being rich. Amen. He wants us to prosper. But if our riches become the center of our lives and all of our wealth and all of our riches and all that we have is all about ourselves like it is in that parable there, beware. So the first thing that I see about this guy is that all his riches were about himself. Second thing that I saw about this gentleman, he consulted himself when it came to his riches. He sought within himself, not God, what should I do with all of my riches? The great mistake for each of us this morning is that our riches that we can allow the world to dictate to us in the culture that we live in how we should spend our riches. The world teaches as much as you can get, spend on yourself. I'm surprised you come back again. Like after last Sunday's serving, you're here again. Amen? The world teaches get as much as you can and spend it on yourself. The truth is this, this guy missed it. We should never consult self or be guided by the world, amen. We should go to God and thank Him and be praiseful. And every time He blesses us, we take that blessing back to God. But we should take our wealth and our riches and bring them to God and say, God, what do you want me to do with my riches? Because ultimately they're His. <laughs> That's the second thing that he did. He consulted self. 
He didn't open up his heart and say, God, thank you for giving me all that you've given me. I'm building bigger barns. I'm building, building bigger vats because there's more people to, to reach. There's more communities to help. There's more people to save. That's why I'm doing it, Lord. I'm going to get as much as I can so that I can put it in your hands for your kingdom. Amen. But he didn't do that. He said, I just want to retire well. I want to kick back. I want to put my feet up. And I want to take it easy. And say, Saul, you've done so well. No one sounds like that in this building. Amen. Third thing. The third thing that he failed to do, as I look at this, he looked ahead, but not far enough ahead. He just looked at his life. So all his planning, all his preparation for his, was for his time on this earth. That's as far ahead as he looked. You know, there probably could be people here this morning that you've you plan well and you're doing well and that's all good but you're just thinking about your time here on earth making sure you've got enough for here and now good on you if you've done that that's great but take your thinking and your vision a little bit further and say God how can I prepare for what you have for me in the future because the Bible says that every one of us will stand before Jesus and give an account of what we did with what he gave us amen so the dude <laughs> The dude, he didn't look far enough. He just looked at this life, the 82 years that he had. And he planned and prepared accordingly. I believe that's a huge mistake that he made there. Many goods laid up for many years. The rich fool's mistake is that he did not consider the way that he spent his riches would affect his life beyond the one that he was living. That's why it goes on to say, Jesus says to, to him, God says to him in verse 20. Now, I'll say this a little bit slower, then we'll conclude. But God said to him, fool, wow, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Goes on in 21, it says this, it's up on the screen, I hope. So is he who lays up treasure for himself or herself and is not what? Not what? Not rich towards God. That's why this whole series is being about being rich in what matters most. Amen. Being rich in the things that will equate to something in eternity. Using our affluence for eternal influence. Amen. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> our affluence for eternal influence. We can be like the rich fool. Little thought as we conclude this morning. What does Jesus remind us about through the life of this rich, rich person? Our lives will end and we'll, we'll be called to give an account. All that we have is not our own. We are just minding things for a while. We're stewards and we're owners of nothing. This is why the guy was considered a fool. That's why God says, so as he who lays up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. Hey, listen, if you haven't heard it today and you don't, are not aware of it, you don't own anything. Oh, yes, I do. My name's on that title and that deed. Oh, seriously. We don't own anything. That guy died and everything that he thought was his 
was handed over to someone else. <laughs> You'll go to Carcat one day, <laughs> and when they do the funeral procession, they won't have a U-Haul coming behind you to bury all that stuff with you. It'll get passed on <laughs> to your kids probably. You kids better do the right thing. <laughs> Hear me? We, we owe nothing, but we're stewards of everything. That's why. That's, that's why. And we, we, we'll finish with this next parable when we're done. That's, that's why God says, you fool. You fool. You, you've, you've, you've lost your way. You've lost your soul. Because you were rich purely towards yourself, but you weren't rich towards me. I can't wait for next. I'm going to wear a suit next Sunday morning. I can't wait for next Sunday. Hope it all comes together. <laughs> no pressure, Tom. <laughs> I can't wait. It'll be awesome. But yeah, a suit. Can't wait. Love it. We'll finish with another parable this morning. Look, if you th you think in, in this church here, you know, we talk... Talk about money. Yeah, we've got no problems with talking about money. Jesus spoke about money a great deal because he understands what money can do to our, our soul, to our spirit, to our relationship with God, how it can make us ineffective and self-centered and spoil the plans that God has for us. He wants us to understand that he's given us, thing, given us all things richly for us to enjoy, but he's also calling us to be generous with what he's given us. Amen. I thought that was probably worth a little bit better, amen, but I'll take the one from Bernard. Thank you, Bernard. <laughs> I love Bernard and Amanda, the whole family. It's awesome to see you guys, as always. So I want to finish this morning looking at the greatest use of our riches in Matthew. Jesus speaking again to us about money. What, what do you think would be the greatest, one of the greatest uses of your money? Good stuff. Absolutely. We've all got it. Haven't we? What's the, what would be the greatest use of our moolah? There's a parable here that people sometimes find a little bit difficult to get your head around, but I'll try and make it as simple for myself and all of us. Jesus speaking again, he says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, money, that when you fail they may receive you into an everlasting home. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when it fails, they may receive you into an everlasting home. If you look at that and study that out, Jesus is teaching us there that the greatest use of money is getting people into the kingdom of God. That's the greatest use of money. Because he said, when it fails and it all hits the fan and it all ends, you go to heaven and they'll be up there ready to welcome you. Thank you, Robin, for giving that money.
Thank you, Dan, for sacrificing. We're here. My family's here because of what you did. I say you make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when it fails, when you fail, it fails, they may receive you in an everlasting home. Now listen to the next bit. He who is faithful in what is least, money, is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust true riches and if you have not been faithful in what another's what is another man's who will give you what is your own listen to it verse 11 therefore if you have not been faithful in money who will commit to you true riches if you haven't been faithful with money who will commit to you true riches what are the true riches that it's reflecting of there love joy and peace in the holy spirit greater knowledge of the grace of God. Amen. A greater revelation and a greater understanding of what God has done for us. But if we haven't been faithful with money, then we won't receive that revelation and the depth of what God has done for us because we'll be bound and deceived by our money because we haven't been faithful with it. Amen. Oh, better shut up. <laughs> I think I'm laughing a bit more because I'm just tired. <laughs> it's good for us, amen? It's good for us. If you have not been faithful with unrighteous men and money, who will commit to your trust true riches? I'm just going to finish this morning just with a couple of comments and we'll just pray together. Just on this next screen. Just a statement there that I just think is profound. And just one for us to reflect on as we go out this week. You know, as we go out this week, we have opportunity just to, 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 to seek God, to wait on God, to, to reflect on hopefully what we're hearing this morning and, and asking God the question, how am I being rich towards you, God? How am I being rich towards your Father? How am I using my riches to be rich in good deeds? Amen. But this next screen, it says, What we do with our riches and time reveals what we value in our hearts. Great thought, isn't it? Great thought. So the question this morning as we conclude is how and where are we becoming rich towards God? How are we honoring God with the riches that he's entrusted to us? How are we, as a church family, as individuals, as a faith community, being rich in what matters most? Because, my friends, at the end of the day, that will be the only thing that truly matters. We bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We serve such, a, such an incredible Father that you've given us all things richly for us to enjoy. Wow. Thank you for blessing us. We may not be feeling rich today, Lord, but the truth is that we are so rich and we are so thankful to you. Lord, as we move forward as a church, as we move into this time of celebrating, we start to reflect on the greatest gift that's been given to mankind. That's the gift you so loved the world that you gave, your only son. We just ask you, Father, that you help us to, to reflect on the importance of being rich towards you. 
that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, in helping us to work out how do we begin, continue, expand the journey of being rich in good deeds, rich in good works, Lord. Lord, help us not to be foolish, thinking that our money is all about ourselves, but help us to be rich in what truly matters. So, Father, today we are just so thankful for your grace, for your generosity towards us. Help us to be generous towards others as well. We pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen.